Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Weagle 91.1 FM and coming to you live from inside the Bradley Bradley Basin, excuse me, WEGL studio on the campus of Auburn University inside the Harold Melton Student Center. I'm Alex Houston once again, solo, unfortunately, and this is Compact Discourse, Weagle's one and only drive time morning show, Auburn University's only student run drive time morning show. Four episodes each week, all different hosts, except of course tomorrow should be Davis and Cameron yet again, so I guess it doesn't mean all different hosts. But again, I'm Alex Houston with you here on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you're listening in your car or in a radio that you have in your house, I find that unlikely, or you're also listening on WeagleFM.com from your phone, computer, laptop, whatever. iPod? I don't really know. Maybe that would work. Who knows? This, as I said, is Compact Discourse. Difficult to say exactly what the topic is. You know, I want it to be sports sometimes, but football is seemingly on its way out. The NBA is not really compelling me this year. Maybe when the playoffs start happening, but by that time we might be out of here. As in, out of school, that is. College basketball, there's always something to talk about. Why don't we talk about that to open the show? And again, as always, if you have any strong opinions about anything that I say on the airwaves, you can call in at 334-844-9345. Maybe talk about some football, talk about some basketball, talk about some movies. I know Logan Hurston, the program director and host of Beat Drop, will be joining us a bit later. Maybe talk about some politics. That was the original intent of Compact Discourse. I don't know. Might delve into that if I if I feel so inclined. And if you feel so inclined, you can call in at 334-844-9345 and tell me that's a bad idea. I certainly hope you won't say that, though, because I, you know, I kind of want to figure out exactly what I want to say here. But college basketball. Auburn basketball, of course, as as always. Heck, maybe Auburn gymnastics too. It really is crazy to me how I mean, when I came here my freshman year in 2019, Jordan-Hare Stadium was still the the center of campus life almost, right? It was still the the mecca of Auburn athletics, of the Auburn experience. The 2019 Iron Bowl was one of the greatest, most insane games I've still ever seen. Two pick sixes, doinks, messed up kicks, all kinds of one second left on the clock and Nick Saban getting red on the video board, all kinds of stuff like that. And now, looking where we are now, Neville Arena, again, also not named Auburn Arena anymore, is the center of the Auburn athletic world, as crazy as that is to say. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to to downplay what it is like when there's 87,451 people all in one spot watching one game. That certainly is a different animal all its own. Basketball will never pass it. But did you see the line to the gymnastics meet this past Friday? You didn't? I'm going to go look up a video of it. I, of course, tweet, tweeted one, so not to, not to shamelessly plug myself, but I'm not going to do that, actually. If you, if you want to find it, you can. But it, did anybody ever see that coming? I remember having Jeff Grava on The Extra Point, one of our first shows that myself and my co-host, Davis Carroll, ever stepped onto The Extra Point after Jared Dillard asked us to join. And... I remember Coach Graba talking about how much of a success it was that I think the team had set a season ticket record. And it's still, I don't think, eclipsed 4,000 people at any meet that year. I could be wrong. Again, that was four years ago. It was a whole pandemic ago. It's hard to remember. 
those things. But you've got Jeff Graber talking about that. And then you got COVID taking the sails out of every or kicking the wind out of the sails of every sport. It really did. I think COVID COVID cutting off some seasons really hurt and then putting some seasons almost on pause, right? Because we've seen it in the and I'm gonna talk about that in a bit too about basketball. We've seen the impact of having a home crowd. And COVID kind of stopped all that for a lot of teams and a lot of programs because the power of a home crowd, it may not mean as much in football, depending on the game, but in basketball, when they're all right there on top of the court with you, it's like those 9,000 people are really with you rather than watching you. Is how, is how, I mean, that's how it feels, at least being in the jungle. But you got Coach Graber talking about that, and then the arrival of SUNY completely changed the game. Auburn is selling out Neville Arena for Auburn Gymnastics. The line was down to Wire Road for the opening gymnastics meet, not against Alabama. Arch rivals, of course. Not against, which we saw a lot of that last year with that Bama meet, which was crazy. Not against Florida, arguably the best team in the nation at this point. Not against LSU, that's a highly anticipated meet coming up on February 10th. Against Arkansas a team that is falling its way out of the top 25 slowly but surely. If I'm not mistaken, it might be out of the top 25 if the rankings are out. And still, the line down the street, right down the village, thousands of people in line to see Auburn Gymnastics, to see the home opening meet. Did anybody ever really imagine it being like this? Obviously, the gymnast on that team the coaching staff, assembled by Coach Graba, believed that they could go anywhere. Because you have to. You can't have you can't have doubts in in that business, in that industry. And there's no doubt that I think they all believed in themselves and believed that they could bring Auburn Gymnastics to a place that had never been before. And they did that last year. Last year's team was the best team in program history. I don't think there's any debating that. They broke about every record in the book, scoring records. Championship records, the first Final Four appearance, probably I think was the highest finish at the SC Championship in the history of the program, if I'm not mistaken. So did anybody believe that what we saw last Friday would be reality? That the team would score a 197-5 and almost feel like an off night? 197-5. That's a good score. That's a really good score, actually. All things considered, especially, but again, here I'm saying all things considered because the, because the potential of this team has been so on display for so long, it seems like. Did anybody believe that the hottest ticket in all of Auburn in the 2022-2023 year would probably be a, foot, or be a basketball game and not be a football game? The Iron Bowl will be in Jordan-Hare Stadium next November. How many people will be foaming at the mouth to get into that game as much as they are to get into the Alabama game on February 11th. Are we, Ladies and gentlemen, are we ever going to see anything quite like what is going to happen when LSU comes to Neville Arena for Auburn Gymnastics and then Alabama comes to Neville Arena for Auburn Basketball? Are we ever going to see a two-day stretch? Last year was crazy, and it was the Iowa State meet ahead of the Kentucky game, and it was still a zoo. I don't know what Auburn has planned, but they better figure something out real quickly because students are going to camp out. 
This is not a this is not me saying I've got sources, right? I, I don't I don't know. I don't have inside source. I don't know what the jungle is planning, as in the leadership of the jungle is planning. I don't know. I just know that feeling that I that I've experienced being in that crowd amongst those students. Auburn basketball seemed dead in the water after that loss to Georgia. If you couldn't beat Georgia in this league, who can you beat? That's been the that's been since Tom Crean showed up, that's been pretty much the standard. If you can't beat Georgia, can you beat anybody in the SEC? Obviously, Georgia's been a lot better, and Auburn had a stretch of teams that have been less than desirable, but they've won. They're in the middle of a five-game win streak. They were one and one in SEC play. Now I think they're five and one in SEC play, maybe six and one. Right. And the hype is back. Auburn has not survived, but seemingly extended the hope of for this season. You know, right now they're yeah, they are six and one. They're in a tie for second, right behind Alabama, and Texas AM is right behind them. They've got that matchup tomorrow. Yeah, and again. It was an injured Arkansas team that has since fallen apart. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and South Carolina. Not exactly world-beater teams that they're going one-on-one with, but a win is a win in this league. As seen by Kentucky's loss to South Carolina at home. Auburn went on the road and beat South Carolina for whatever that's worth, for whatever that counts for. And so now, the road to Alabama continues. You've got five more games before the Alabama Crimson Tide, currently the number two team in the country, visit Neville Arena, possibly the number one team in the country. And there's a lot more at stake than just that. Auburn is, for the first time ever, ranked consecutively for 31 weeks. 31 weeks in a row ranked in the AP poll. Bruce Pearl's probably going to have more weeks ranked as Auburn's head coach than the, pre- than the program had outside of his. They won, I think, 28 games in a row at home. 29 games, I think it is. The longest active winning streak in the NCAA because Gonzaga lost to somebody. I don't even remember who they lost to. Got, you got any ideas, Logan? What are we talking about? Uh, hold up. I, I, I forgot to put your mic on. That really, that really kind of ruined the moment. We're just talking about basketball now for a moment. Oh, I'm trying to remember who Gonzaga lost to to give Auburn the longest active home winning streak in the country. I think it was like who was it? It was a small team. I think. Well, all, all the teams Gonzaga plays are small teams. You know, they play they True. play Pepperdine like four times a year. I can't ever remember. Aren't they in the whack still? I think they're still in the whack. No, they're not. What? Where'd they go? Oh wait, they're oh they're in the West Coast Conference. That's right. They lost to LMU. LMU. Yes, that that exactly. LMU, as in, I believe it's Loyola Marymount is, is, is the name of the, of the school. But Logan Hurston, our program director, host of Beat Drop, host of WWEGL, once a host of Compact Discourse for uh, a brief day, time. This day. This day. Really? Yeah. Ah, well, now you're a co-host. back to my former like. baby. So. I gave him to you, Alex. You okay. adopted them. Yeah, okay. Well, the whole Compact Discourse idea was my idea, so. Well, but you didn't have thir- thir- Tuesday, so. Yeah, I did. You I... abandoned your other kids and then came to Tuesday. Sorry. Uh, we did I a got... little bit of an NFL trade. You I know? got I got kicked off on Mondays because I had school. Oh, you, you didn't get kicked off. You chose to. Well, yeah, because I have a class at 9 a.m. You could skip it. I could skip it every Monday? Well, truthfully, if it's at 9 a.m., then you could just do it till 8.50 
finish early and run. But that would be bad content for the listeners, Logan. I think it'd be kind of funny. You, so says you. I don't, I'm not so convinced with that. Where's your class at anyway at 9 a.m.? Uh, Titchener? Yeah. You could well, yeah, but I like to have the time to to edit and upload the episode because without it, it will never get uploaded. As we saw from last year when I wasn't able to w- to do it, and then it ended up being days until my episode got posted. Yeah, so. I was about to say, I'm like, you never edited yours afterwards last year. Yeah, well, that's because there was always somebody using the computers. It was always very busy on Mondays. It's just busy in general. It is. There's so many people here. And on that note, I think it's time to go to... A commercial break, PSA break, of course, here on Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. I'm finally not alone on this show. (laughs) Who knows what we're going to talk about, but it'll be a fun time. You're listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Back here live on Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com, and in the Bradley Basin WGL studio, if you're just listening in through one of the windows, I don't know if that's possible, but this is Compact Discourse. I'm Alex Houston alongside Logan Hurston. Thank God I have a guest of some kind. It's been it's been quite a miserable ordeal hosting shows by oneself, especially without football to talk about. There's really football. It's, re- it's a really thin crowd now. Now it's just basketball. Do we the Oscar nominations. The Oscar yeah. nominations let's, did let's come just, out. Let's just read Best Picture. You want to? You want to do that? I can't. I didn't see Best Picture yet. Well, on, on, on Ver, uh, I don't know if this is accurate, but on Variety, they have all the noms basically out. Well, if they posted it a few minutes ago, then it's probably correct. How long? How long? Or is that predictions? Be sure it's not predictions. Oh it, wait, I see it now. Yeah, it didn't say predictions. Yeah, they're giving them in a weird list. order because like. The Barstool Movie Podcast, which actually is pretty good about posting news, at least. They're not great about everything else. Yeah, Posted thank the you. best pictures. What? Thank you for saying that. Adrian's like, oh, you got to follow the Barstool boys. I followed them, and their opinions are just like basic white dude opinions. <laughs> like, no offense. I follow it just because it's one of a, it's a good source of constantly posting news that I can't. Because I don't want to have to follow 100 other accounts to get all the news. Like, I don't want to follow Variety and Hollywood Reporter and Dead. Like, it just, it's easy. Yeah. And it's it's simple enough. But, yeah, their opinions are... And sometimes they just literally post, like, fake stuff for no reason other than because. And I'm like, okay, yeah. guys, that, that joke kind of died. Let's let's move on. But anyway, best picture noms. Logan, you want to you take charge? All Quiet on the Western Front for Netflix. Avatar. I haven't seen that yet. Got nominated. Yeah. yeah. Eh. I don't know the about... The Banshees and the Sheeran. I need to watch that. I mean, I'm Elvis. Everything Everywhere. The Fablemans. Tar. Top Gun Maverick, Triangle Sadness, and Woman Talking. So I obviously have not seen, I mean, I've seen, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of those movies. I plan on seeing at least seven of them. I've seen four of them, but I'll definitely watch All Quiet, Banshees, Fablemans for sure. Um, And then I'll probably end up seeing Tar, and then if I'm at that point, then I might as well just do the best picture. That's a good point. I... It, they're available on streaming too. That's the other thing. I'm not going to spend twenty dollars. True, that. we're not going to do that. Well, I might. I did that for the Oscars two years ago when we when we watched yeah, the Father and Sound of Metal. No, we're not. We don't have the time to do 
Gosh, you just need to come in. One I still didn't finish Mank, by the way. I've never seen the end of that movie. You need. We need to come in one Saturday, just me and you, and do a bonus episode and just watch them all. I could do it. It'll be it'll be a good time. However, back to what I was saying. Avatar makes some sense because that's a common thread now. Is they want to put in more popular movies so people actually watch their show because nobody watched the Oscars anymore and. Script-wise, while it may be lacking, it is still a technical marvel. It is the most brilliant-looking yeah, movie I mean, ever made. It it has it has broken every law of visual effects. Blah blah blah. That's fine. Elvis is not a Best Picture nomination. Austin Butler gave an amazing performance. Elvis is not a Best Picture movie. I agree, but it's if not you're, close. If you're gonna put Bohemian Rhapsody as a Best Picture movie. True. Then Elvis can be a big Best Picture movie. Bohemian Rhapsody did not have something that Elvis was unfortunately weighed down by, and that is Tom Hanks' prosthetic chin. That it was also a lot worse movie. I think Elvis was better shot. I think it had better, just better moments in general than Bohemian. True. Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody was very bland for a movie about such an incredible band. I would say. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I notice a very much a lack of Babylon other than best original score, which that means the critics hated it too, which is fine. Um, I didn't expect it to get nominated, but I was I was a little shocked that Elvis Avatar all got nominated over. Women talking, I the only time I've heard about that film was when uh Josh Wilbur talked about it. Yeah, he he tends to be in the know on movies that I've never even heard of. Uh Rooney Mara, Claire Foy. Francis McDormand, okay, pretty cool cast. I mean, I basically heard of all of these except for I mean, I heard of it, but like not really like know anything that it's about. It's a so it says do nothing, stay and fight or leave. In 2010, the women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality with their faith. Okay. Uh they said some other stuff that we can't say on there. Sounds like a good let's 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 stay stay away from that. Well, The Last of Us is at 9.4 on IMDb. Oh my yeah. god. People love it. Bro, Velma's at a 1.3. I know. Good. Good. After I saw after I saw an animated film with a cat do a panic attack better than Velma, I thought maybe maybe this show should okay. be canceled. I will say I'm not defending Velma and this. I do not I won't watch the show and it looks terrible. But some people have a common misconception that Mindy Kaling made this show. Did she, she not? She did not. She's just acted in it. And so there's a lot of hate. I mean, yeah, she acted in it terribly and signed on to it. But she did not create the show. She's a producer. She did not create it. She's not the writer. So for the people who are mad about that, stop being mad at her for stuff she didn't do. Yeah, you sim- can't be mad at her performance and just being in the show in general. But A simple look at IMDb. I mean, all she is is she's an executive producer. And, Velma. and an executive producer might be a heavily overrated title. Like, it just means that you... Like helped greenlight the program yeah. and maybe finance it a bit, but you're not the one that wrote it. No, and, you and really... if you were the one that wrote it, you would get credit for writing it. So yeah. she and she does not. So that's a, that's a good point. But anyway, back to the Oscars. I mean, it's an interesting group. All I know is Stephanie Sue got nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, so that's pretty awesome. Who do you think takes it? I mean, I've only seen. Two of these movies. I haven't seen Banshees, so I can't speak to Carrie Condon's performance. And I haven't seen The Whale, so I can't speak to Hong Xiao's performance. But, I mean, it's going to be probably Angela Bassett, and I'm going to be kind of upset. Wait, for... Oh, you're talking about supporting? Yeah. I thought you were talking about Best Picture. No, no. It was no. like, The Whale. Oh, my God, I don't see The Whale anywhere here. 
Yeah, I hope it's not Angela Bassett. I mean, people wanted it to be Angela Bassett, but I mean, she was she wasn't even barely in the movie. She was like that was not as supporting as it. <sighs> I think Stephanie Sue walks away with it personally, but also there's a lot of she didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe period. So. But also the Oscars are like. It's like the the pain you have to. By the time they give someone an award, it's like way past due. It's like how Jamie Lee Curtis got nominated for this movie, and I'm like, maybe she got nominated for. Honestly, she should got nominated for Knives Out. She was pretty great in that movie, True. but instead she gets nominated for for I mean, she was good for a it. cameo. I mean, but she's not she in was, it. No, she was more in the cameo and everything everywhere. That's she. She's not really in the movie. Yeah, she is. There's like four characters in this. There's like four characters in this whole film. And she is one of the four characters. No, there's four characters in this film, and she's the fifth one. Because it's it's Evelyn, uh, Waymond, their da- Evelyn's dad, dad, and the daughter, and then... But I'm saying there's a bunch of other characters that we don't... We spent time... Because remember, they have the reality with the fingers. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. What a time that is, isn't it? She comes back. She comes back throughout the film. It's not right. just in that one scene. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fine. Fine. Um, now, this is what I want to talk about. Oh, Lord. Best animated feature. I didn't see that. You have Guillermo del Torrio's Pinocchio, Marcella's Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Now, I haven't seen the new Pinocchio movie, but Puss in Boots kind of hits. Puss in Boots hits hard. We saw it last we night. Confirm. We saw it in a crappy AMC theater with no AC. It was hot. I w- it was a sauna. My eyes were watering because my eyes were my whole skin was dry. It was terrible. I rolled up my sweatpants. No, I, was, I didn't get that desperate. Um, that movie, man, is good. This is actually the first year I'm like, oh yeah, Pixar's not winning this category. If yeah. Turning Red somehow wins, and Pixar's been a shoe in most years. The uh, the only like last year they haven't won. Was uh, it was the year Spider Verse? Oh yeah, uh, 2018. But like, so. other than that, like, I think they didn't win the first time because I think Shrek won. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know yes, if Spirited Away won an Oscar or not, but I feel like it did. But like most, almost every year they like have a sweep, and so it's very interesting to see them not. Let's all- see. I'm getting. The, I'm pulling out the list here. Academy Award for Best Animated uh, Picture. Records. I just want to see every winning nominee. So it starts in 2001 with Shrek. Shrek yep. Then 2002 with Spirited Away. Okay. 2003 is Finding Nemo. 2004 is The Incredibles. 2005, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Now deserved, that, deserved. that is a fire movie, by the way. Actually, it looks like they didn't have a nomination that year, uh, Pixar. And then... They may not have had a film. 2006, just guess. Cars. No. Happy Feet. Okay. Which beat Monster House, by the way. Monster House is fire. No, uh, okay. 2007, Ratatouille, which beat Surf's Up. Deserved. 2008, Wally, which beat Bolt and Kung Fu Panda. Des- okay. Okay, Kung Fu Panda Kung Fu Panda pretty good, but still, we'll keep going. 2009, Up takes it over Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Prince and the Frog, and The Secret of Kells. So that's a tough group. I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm not mad. Up's not better that. than Fantastic Mr. Fox. I mean, I, I, I'm an Up fan, so I can't like. Also, I haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wes Anderson, bro, it's awesome. I know. 2010. It's a good year. Toy Story three. Toy Story three beats How to Train Your Dragon and The Illusionist. Okay, pretty good. 2011. 
Rango takes it over a cat in Paris, Chico and Rita, Kung Fu Panda 2. Really? And puss in the original Puss in Boots, which was not that good. Not that good. 2012. Brave. Boo. Bad. Beats it over Wreck It Ralph? And Paranorman? Boo. And Frankenweenie? Come on now. That's a good group. That is a good Weird group. movies. Good group though. 2013. No Pixar nomination as Frozen takes it, but it, it was, over the Croods, Despicable Me, Ernest and C- C- Celestine, and The Wind Rises. Which I mean, it's still in the Disney family. True. So, 2014, Big Hero Six takes it over the likes of How to Train Your Dragon Two. Bro, they killed Stoic. Give it the award I'm anyway. S- I'm saying DreamWorks hasn't won one since like uh, the original, the original Shrek. Yeah. Shrek. Oh, my Lord. Shrek deserved it. Don't it did. Like it it did. did. It's just funny, though. 2015, Inside Out. 2016, Zootopia, which that's not a that's a, that's a Disney movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, 2017, Coco. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, oh over Close Contender Boss Baby, obviously. <laughs> um, bless you, Logan. Thank you. 2018, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse beats Incredibles 2. Deserve. Isle and Isle of the Dogs. Ralph Breaks the Internet. 2019, Toy Story 4 beats How to Train Your Dragon 3 and other ones including I Lost My Body, Klaus, and The Missing Link. 2020, Soul, Over yes, Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, and Wolf Walkers. 2021, Encanto, Over Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, Ray and the Last Dragon. And then this year, Gilmore de Torres, Pinocchio, Marcel in the Shell with the Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. And with that, those are your nominations for Best Animated Feature film and all winners in the in the best animated feature film category. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle ninety one point one FM. We have no genre, no blueprint. We just talk about whatever the heck we want. Maybe this is just a movie podcast episode. Who knows? I've got no idea. But we will be right back here on Compact Discourse to to discuss Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. <gasps> Who knows? All I know is I like the cut of that movie's jib. Anyway, we'll be back after. the wrong one but no matter this is compact discourse on weagle 91.1 fm weaglefm.com and again in the bowels of the harold melton student center the bowels. soon to be a refurbished bowels of the harold melton student center who knows a little, little bit of behind the scenes information i'm not going to give anything else away though because i honestly don't know they don't tell me these important things but anyway logan myself megan station manager Braden haynes and also assistant station, station manager ainsley saw Every or not every saw Puss in Boots: The Last Wish last night. Man, oh man, what a movie! I gave it five out of five, which is which is notably even different from my co-host on Through the Lens, Davis, who says it's a perfect movie. He still gave it a four and a half out of five. So maybe I, I went too far. Yeah, I convinced you. He convinced me. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, there isn't a lot. I mean, like, there wasn't the thing about like perfect film too. Is like, I think the problem with me with five out of five, it can be like perfect for that film. But it may not. It also thinks about like, does this hit out of my other five out of yeah. five films? So that that's something I've run into because we've talked about that before, right? Where like, you obviously don't discuss comedies in the same breath as Shawshank or yeah. Everything All at Once and other movies, The Father, 
But for me, animated films, I think, like, I've given Monsters, Inc. a 5 out of 5, because I think that's a perfect... Okay, well, if you give that the 5 out of 5, then I think you give it. Yeah, no, it's not not impressive. I've given other animated movies very high scores, because if you execute what you're there to execute... What did you give Spider-Verse? I don't think I've seen it since since I've had Letterboxd to rate it, so I'm going to wait till I watch it again. Okay. I mean, Spider-Verse, I actually give a 4 out of... 4.5 out of 5? No, I will say that. I watched Puss in Boots, and yeah, it was kind of sad and stuff, but like when Spider-Verse starts going on, and they have the whole scene with the dad where he's locked up, bro, I get shit. I mean, nah, they were doing that trailer where it's just like shots from the first movie for like half of it, and I'm just getting, ooh. I remember when I first saw a clip from them. They announced it, and I'm like, oh, Sony, they're going to ruin Miles Morales. This sucks. This is going to be crap. And then I went to see Venom, which was also crap. That movie was so bad. <laughs> like a turd. In the wind. Oh, um, and at the end of the ch- movie, they had, because Spider-Verse came out like literally like three or four months later, they had the scene from Spider-Verse where he goes to the grave. Oh. And like that whole like chase with him and Peter B. And I was just like jaw dropped. Like, I got to see that film. Because I was not sold on it. Because like a lot of the trailers, they didn't show anything. But when I realized they were adapting that, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And it was even better. Okay, so here's the thing for me. So, and we won't give away spoilers, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, because it still is in theaters. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, go to your theater or you can buy it on Amazon for 25 bucks. You can rent it. If you feel so inclined, if you want to give it a watch, if you think DreamWorks sequels always hit, which they do, you might want to go see I mean, Shrek 2, Kung Fu Panda 2, How to Train Dragon 2. Puss in Boots too. Did, did they miss in any four of those movies? Well, I'm I'm just. Are we counting sequel or spinoff? Like well, what is what it, is this? It's a sequel to a to a spinoff. What I'm saying is like oh, like is what do, what are you thinking? Puss in Boots one. Sort no, of it's a, a spinoff. Sequ- it's okay. a, it's its own standalone series that relates to another series. Okay, what what else? They, it's like how Fantastic Beast one is not a sequel; it's a spinoff. If anything, it's a prequel, obviously. But the whole point is it's spinoff. Okay. In my opinion, it's not counted as a Harry Potter sequel or whatever. That anyway. Side the point. I digress. Um, so with Spider Verse, and so I I think these two films parallel themselves because they were both hyped out of their mind by everybody that I talked to going into seeing the movies. Right. True. Puss in Boots. Davis, notably not an emotional individual, is like rewatching the ending on any service he can find, YouTube, whatever the heck, just in Weagle, just watching the ending again. He's like, oh my goodness, this movie. Talking about it. Now he's doing the same thing with After Sun, which I apparently have to see now. Uh, I have to see, too. Yeah, we gotta, we got to find a way. Um, movie maybe, maybe, maybe. I got I got too many movies to watch, man. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> so the reason Puss in Boots go... So I'll always give a star, which one... I So really, it's not a 10 out of 10. It's a 9.5 out of 10. But the movie, the, the letterbox rating only allows me a 9 or a 10. Yeah. So if I'm leaning more towards 9.5 and above, I'm going to give it the 5. But yeah, if I'm leaning less, I'll give it the 4.5. So Puss in Boots, after all that hype, every emotional moment had me hooked. Okay? Now, Spider-Verse, as good of a movie as it was, and this is a spoiler alert, but it's been out for five years it's now. It's been out for five years. It's on all streaming. When the uncle, when, like, the uncle, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy a minute of that, to be honest with what? you. What? Like, I was like. Like we saw like one scene of him, and now he's like a he's like a villain. Like I don't really like. Well, no, he was always a villain. It well, wasn't yeah, like he. But changed. that's it, it. Just didn't click for me. Like it didn't in the moment watching it. I just was like, well, it made sense why his dad didn't want him hanging out with his uncle. Well, I mean, okay, that makes sense. Because again, they had a, str- a strain. Well, it's also like again, if you're on first watch, 
if I mean you're paying attention, but you're not like really paying attention, I can definitely see you get that. And also, I read the books, so like this made like complete okay, sense yeah. to me. Also, I didn't expect him to die because he doesn't. I don't remember him dying in the books. I said the prowler gets got so, real quickly. Man. Also, Kingpin, come on now. Oh yeah, you're gonna cool. love this. Get ready for the light show. It was pretty cool. Kingpin's he's pretty funny. He's so the giant, giant clock. He's dude. a little. He's a little box. I know it's so, so awesome. It, it's so funny. No, again, again. That's why. That's why he gets the four point five because. It, it 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 just didn't. I was just like, okay, this for is me really... it gets like I I there was I will I felt more in Spider Verse than I felt in Puss in Boots. Well, because I I mean I was like, oh that's cute, but I was never like, oh emotion, no nah, emotion man. draining that, I, until until that scene at the very end. You know what I'm talking about? The little the little the little tease. Oh, you got now emotional that, like that, bro? I'm hype. I don't care. I I will be there. I do not care. Shrek 5, all, new animation style. All I'm saying is, if the people that wrote this movie write the movie that this is t- leading into, I will be there. We can there. just say the movie. It's been announced. It has? Yeah, Shrek 5's been announced for forever. Really? Yeah, I knew Shrek 5 was coming out. Like It's been announced like five years ago, but it's been like development um, boneyard. We'll well, we don't, don't want to give away, give away what, it, what, it's, what, it's, uh, what it's teasing and whatnot in full. But anyway, Pussy Boots' Last Wish. I mean, it's pretty good. Who's your favorite fearless hero? Obviously, Puss in Boots, man. Antonio Banderas? Pretty good. The villain? Pretty good. The whistling, bro? I mean... Both villains. Literally. It w- Jack Horner and uh, de- de- La Muerte. La Muerte. La Muerte, indeed. Um, Hasta la Muerte. It's so... I just... I really was not prepared to be, st- like... I just didn't think it would be that good. I didn't think it could be because I didn't like the first one. The first one is mid. And people love the first. It's like a cult following. People that are like, oh, my gosh. But, like, the complexity of Humpty Dumpty, it's just a classic. Your friend who is your ally becomes the villain at the very end, basically. You, you want to know uh, You want to know a secret about this film? Yes. So I saw the scene with La Muerte and Puss in Boots first. And then I saw yesterday, literally not the day before yesterday, so Sunday, before going to see the film, I saw the whole ending on TikTok. TikTok, if you look, if you don't want to, I'm going to say is you shouldn't pirate films. But if you go on TikTok, there's a good chance you can see the whole film. My roommate Sutton was talking about how every time he sees a scene from Puss in Boots, he has to like skip right past it. Yeah, well, because they're I, everywhere. TikTok's a dangerous place where there's everything. It's funny, man. I could, you, he got me, but I, it didn't affect my film any because I'd only seen that in the other scene. And I didn't see like the whole middle part, which like is also very good. Yeah, it is, man. I, I just let's just say, uh, without giving anything away, I was worried that this film would fall into quite a few tropes of animated films in the past, and it did a pretty good job avoiding them with certain characters, giving certain characters layers that previous films don't. Let's just say there is a character that the moment he, this character shows up, you think, oh, he's the dumb comic relief character, like the chicken in Moana, and. Every other, you know, hey, exactly. hey. you know what I'm talking about, though the dumb side character that's just yes. there to do stupid, funny stuff the whole movie, and he's got layers, man. Ma- Bro, so many did not see it coming. He's the best. Somebody should have prepared me for that, man. David should have adequately prepared my emotions for that movie. I will say it was very more adult than it was. It was. It which, very. It felt like it was garnered to us more than it was garnered to kids. Adults, if you're listening. I think you'll have a good time, which which that's the DreamWorks mold. That's how DreamWorks made their money years ago because Shrek and Shrek 2 are enjoyable movies to this day no matter what age you are because in Shrek 2, 
the cops plant drugs on Puss in Boots. <laughs> My favorite was the end of Shrek 2 and the bonus features where you have Far, Far Away Idol. That's, bro, that's the best. I've watched that maybe like 20 times. Me too. Shre- Shrek 2 on DVD, that just hits. Simon Cowell canon in the Shrek universe. Are we going to see him in Shrek 5? He better be in Shrek 5 somehow, man. I don't well, have much faith in Shrek new, 5 because Shrek 4 was bad. They're going to have a new animation style. I mean, look, all I'll say this is if the creative minds behind Puss in Boots' Last Wish are behind Shrek 5, I will have pretty much blind faith in that movie. But if it's new guys or the people that wrote Shrek 4... I will say, in defense of Shrek 4, I felt like there wasn't much you could do. And I do think it was interesting. Not good. It was an interesting interesting interesting. idea, but I think it executed just really poorly. The animation was very good. Yeah, that's true. The, the, again, like better leagues, better than any of the other Shrek films. Yeah, like true. almost like realistic sort of. Like agreed, it was very good. Agreed, but I just I think it was a cool concept that was just misused. Yes, yeah, Shrek, Shrek just being like, I don't want kids anymore. <laughs> yeah, which is which is like just because the whole point of going through the third movie was that he would want them. So then he's like, actually, I'm just gonna retroactively, like, because that's the whole point of the third, like. Yeah. Literally, it kind of redoes his arc from all three movies because we're not going to talk about these movies in immense detail, but there is an arc there of some kind or another. He actually has a story of some kind for whatever reason that is. You got any funny news? You said you looked it up earlier. I will once we go to this quick little PSA break. That's true. In fact, why don't we go to it early? In fact, let's just, yeah, let's take, let's take a small break here. We'll be right back after this. You listen to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM. We're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about the menu at the edge today. And we're going to talk about some weird stories going on in the world of, well, the world itself. This is Compact Discourse. I'm Alex Houston along Logan Hurston. We'll be back after this. Here we are again on Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. This is Compact Discourse. And before we get into that weird news, heck, before we even get to the food, it's time for your... Oh, sorry, that wasn't loud enough. Let me let me emphasize yeah, it a second time. War Eagle weather. That's right, the War Eagle weather update. We need like... We need like a song that's just a bunch of like rain and wind in the background to play. We need to make Luke make a beat for us. Oh, I will talk to him today about that. That'd be a great idea. But your War Eagle weather update, it's 46 degrees outside, though it is sunny here in Auburn, Alabama. A high of 55 today, a low of 33 with the sun setting at 5.07 p.m. It's going to get a little cloudy at around 2 p.m. Get real cloudy as the night goes on. Then... The rain kicks up tonight at 11 p.m. and will keep going well into the morning, up until 8 a.m. at least. So get your raincoats if you've got an early class tomorrow morning. And then going down the list here, we're in the 50s all the way until next Tuesday. It's not going to go higher than 59 until next Tuesday. It'll be 64. But then it's going to go back down to 56 on Thursday. I got a bad feeling, Logan, that the temperatures are going to be quite cold for the LSU in Alabama. Oh, wait. Ooh. Yes. No, wait, that's that's actually a, an, an additional week later, actually. So it might be still be quite cold anyway. A little cold. A little, little chilly, who knows. Kids are going to be camping out, as they always will do. And guys. Pearlville. He actually prefers to call it Jungle City. Some strange thing, I don't really know why. What is this, Zootopia? No, he just didn't want it to be named after him or something like that, I think it was. I Lame. Uh, t- well, you can bring that up with him if you want. Yeah, oh, this is something interesting for you. The shout-out girls were like, how do I get 
he's like, how do you know Bruce Pearl? And I'm like, no. And she's like, she's like, how would I get to know Bruce Pearl? And I'm like, well, and I gave her like an option that like my option be, being we're going to take an office. Oh, well, why do they want to get to know Bruce Pearl? I, she just wants to get to know Bruce Pearl. She doesn't care about basketball either. I said, I said, if you become a writer for Weagle, you might be able to see him. And she's like, but would I be able to write about like their shoes and not the game? And I'd be like, no. Yeah, no. It, it's, she's like, I might just rush to the course. Apparently, she wants to get Bruce Pearl on the shout out. Well, I mean, you reach out to the SID of basketball, Marlene Navor, and maybe. Oh, well, I just said if none of the sports guys have been able to get Bruce on their show yet. Well, I don't I, think anybody's asked, honestly. But he he's a very busy guy. So anyway, but guys, food time. It's, we need we need a it's food time sound effect. We're like all, all I got you is gotta make one. All I all I got is this. Wait. Wait, 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 I've got it. 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 It's food time, got, everybody. No, 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 no. Talk, 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 talk. Talk about nothing. It's food time. It's food, you know? You know, do you eat food, Alex? I eat food. I don't know about you. but Do uh, you? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to eat today. Guys, I think it's time. Let's go to eat a snack. It's a little risque there, Alex. It bleeps it out. Yeah, I know. What that was it? the point. What is this, Puss and Boots? I mean, I think it's okay. Is it not okay? I don't know. The point the point is that's Rex Ryan. Let's go eat a snack, guys. Um, the Edge menu today. I know you're so curious about this, Logan, as a as an avid eater of, at that place. Yes, sure. That's Jerk me. roasted per- pork loin, roasted sweet potatoes, zesty red beans, fried plantains, and collard greens. Good start. A chicken Caesar sandwich. Yeah, it's a chicken sandwich with Caesar mayo. Ooh. It's an interesting combination. General Tso's chicken along with General Tso's tofu and jasmine rice. Baked chipotle orange chicken, which is pretty fire. Jasmine rice, steamed peas, Southwest quinoa and corn salad, and Brussels sprouts. Who doesn't love Brussels sprouts? You like Brussels sprouts? No. What? Then why'd you put the thumbs up? You gave me a thumbs up, I have to give one back. And then, of course, ooh, ground turkey tacos. That's pretty good. I like ground turkey. And then a bunch of pizzas. Hawaiian pizza for those who hate actual pizza. Sounds like you'll be there today. Oh, I'm going there at 11 o'clock. Uh, anyway, but that's our that's our let's go eat a snack segment. Again, I don't really have we don't have anything else other than the. Or if I had got my cup of coffee. Oh, they I don't know if they have coffee at the edge. Do you do you want to hear your interesting news for the day? Oh yeah, weird news. Go New ahead. New York Animal Shelter seeks home for fire breathing demon. Um, they have seeked a home for a dog who strives as a terror, a fire breathing demon, and a whole jerk. <laughs> Says, um, so not a very good boy. He is. 26-pound Ralphie has been adopted twice, where Tron tries to do his bad behavior. At first glance, he is an adorable, highly sought-after young dog. People should be banging down the doors for him. We promise you that won't be the case. Ralphie is a terror in a somewhat small package. Sounds like they have a lot of fun. It says, two weeks into his new home, and he was surrendered to us because he annoys our older dog. What they actually meant was, Ralphie's a fire-breathing demon and will eat our dog. Okay. He's a whole jerk, not even half. Everything belongs to him. If you dare test his ability to possess the things, wrath will ensue. If you show a moment of weakness, prepare to be exploited. And they said, if you want Ralphie, you should get in touch if you're that crazy. Well, I, mean, I think we need to get that dog as the legal mascot. Ralphie would be fun here. With the with the flight of New York, combat discourse still trip. Nah, man. We'll have we'll have him just just to beat up the rest of student media. <laughs> like, all we right, just, guys. We set them loose on the the planes of Glom and Circle offices. Um, and Eagle Eye too. You forget. Yeah, our, but Eagle our... Eye's a little too close to us, so he might go crazy here. That's true. He might, he might, his 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 wrath might leak over. Into we might the, have we to. We might have to find another 
another way to destroy Eagle Eye. Maybe not Ralphie, because I think Ralphie would destroy Weagle at the we'll same time. We'll just have to time. destroy from within. I'm just going to become the new station True. manager, obviously. I'm just going to take, take up a graduate degree and become the new station manager. That would be funny if we, we dropped the WMD of Ralphie onto the the print media offices. I mean, I want to win all of our awards. And we got, we'll got we'll beat anybody to get there. <laughs> He's our secret weapon. Whoa. Apparently, um, Auburn Gymnastics got a mention on the Today Show this morning. Oh, it was the it. So, did you go to the gymnastics meeting on for last Friday? I did not. Well, why not? I was at undisclosed location listening to undisclosed band. Is it undisclosed chicken location? No. Oh, no. I would just feel like I was at work. Oh, okay. You well, know, with that thing, that, I was thing at- that happened last Friday that everyone was invited to. Ah, ah, yes. Well, I went to that instead. And at one point, um, Darion Goborn's brother and his family were dancing in the in the aisle, and then she went and did her awesome flow routine. And, whoa, they got a mention. Let's go. Got to retweet that, of course, real quick. Let's go. Anyway, there you go, guys. If you want a crazy dog, we just gave you all the information to find one. And on that note, any final thoughts to leave the listeners with before we wrap up Tuesday edition of Compact Disc? I think I called it Monday. Yeah, I'm a, uh, it, is, it is Tuesday. I'm a shill, so you should listen to Beat Drop this week, 6 to 8 p.m. If you, if wa- you, if you feel want to, so inclined. You guys have a, such a hard time with... You uh, wouldn't you. let me finish. <laughs> I say it after I say, I say if you feel so inclined, but you let, cut me off. I, you think I don't know? I'm the programmer. <laughs> of course I know. Um, we're doing soundtrack special. We're going to talk a lot more. It'll be like a mini compact discourse. We have to come on that show. Um, and yeah, of course. And then also you should listen to WWEGL if you feel so inclined. As we talk about well, the wrestling promotion we went to this weekend, that was wild. Let's it looked say. wild. It and looked Royal wild. Rumble and so many things. Raw 30th anniversary happened so, this week. Really? Yeah, it happened last night. Oh god, I haven't even seen anything about that. And also, good. if you like movies, like what we talked about earlier, you should listen to Through the Lens on this Thursday if you feel so inclined. What's your theme this week? Uh, knives Out. And before you think, oh, knives. Well, and before you think these guys had a good chemistry, Logan is not going to be on that episode, so it's fine. Now, I, on that I, note. I, wait, wait, wait. Before you finish, I have one little thing to say about Knives Out. So you notice at the end of Glass Onion, they used Glass Onion by the Beatles, right? As the, the Yes. They should have used Knives Out by Radiohead as the credit song. Four oh, knives clearly out. Clearly, they've only just now figured out all those connections. Ryan Johnson's not on the pulse. Hey, man, he knows what he's doing. If he didn't I tr- get the Beatles, he could have got radio. I'm just saying I trust his judgment. And on that note, this will, will wrap up the Tuesday edition of Compact Discourse. Don't don't go anywhere, though, because we will have constant um, programming going on throughout the day, and there will be more Compact Discourse tomorrow and on Thursday, and we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.